Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Music for Education and Wellbeing podcast. Join us each month to hear ideas, inspiration and practical advice from people making change through music. These conversations are hosted by me, Anita Holford of Music Education Works and Writing Services. So I'll be focusing in particular on breaking down barriers to music through communication and advocacy, but from quite a broad perspective. I really hope you'll enjoy them. And now on with the show. Hello, it's Anita here and welcome to the latest podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Carl, otherwise known as C Roots, and Grace from In-House Records. In-House is an award-winning record label for change, working inside and outside of prisons with emerging musicians who are prisoners. The team works both highlight the creative potential of prisoners and to reduce reoffending, focusing on what's strong, not what's wrong. They're supported by a range of impressive partners and funders from the Universal Music Group to the Ministry of Justice, and they've won awards for their social enterprise work. So welcome and thank you both for joining me. It's great to have you here. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, So to kick off with, can you tell me about how in-house records began? Um, So it started back in, I think it was 2016 or 2017, and the founder of the label, uh, Judah, he basically did a ton of research before that um, to research the rehabilitation system, the justice system, um, and he looked into kind of reoffending rates and wanted to bring something to the table that would help the guys to obviously stay focused, stay involved, and he came to the conclusion that music was that option. Um, so was he sort of working in prisons and not in music at the time? He used to work for like Fender, Sony, I think as well. So he did a lot of work in the music industry. Um, so he bought it into a prison, HMP Elmley, which was the first prison where we were essentially accepted. And that's where it was built. So although Jude had the initial idea, it was actually built by, I believe, a group of seven um, prisoners in HMP Elmley. So he had a connection there already, did he? Or I think the he reached out to the Ministry of Justice. You know, they kind of told him to reach out to certain prisons. And that's essentially how it kind of worked. And Jude did that to HMP Elmley. And there were two amazing staff members there, um, Bex and Daisy Wilson, along with, I believe, Debbie as well, who kind of saw the saw how important it was for that to happen. And she put us in a um like a kitchen room because <laughs> there was no other room but the, the guys there were so invested in it that they were happy to come down and get to work in there and so how how did you both get involved and what do you each do um so i first got involved with in-house finishing up a prison center so i'm the only member of staff that's actually been to prison so i joined in-house to actually do their music program like we ended up because I was in an open prison so we ended up being cleared to go out to like the theatre so we'd done about I think about five theatre shows an art exhibition opening of an art exhibition as well and numerous shows in the prison as well so but by the last the last theatre show they offered me a job so they said that, like would I like a job when I when I'm free and I jumped at the chance because that's one of the most uh, fears is being like getting out and not being able to get a job because you've been to prison. So I kind of had a touch really um, getting a job with with something that I love. So um, now my job, I work as like a mentor. I mentor the guys because I've been in the same, like similar environments to them and come through uh, similar situations. So it's easier for me to 
put myself inside their shoes, you know. Also, like I'm, uh, I'm a musician, like I, I um, I'm a songwriter. So if they have any problems with songwriting, I can help them through that. I kind of will help them manage the, manage the time in the studio. You know, because sometimes people might waste a little bit of time being stuck on something or just generally not know how to manage their time. We're like the A-team. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Can I ask you, Carl, if you were a musician before you went into prison or did you discover your musical skills in prison? Well, I, I did discover them while I was in prison, but from 14 to 17, I, I used to like um, spit to drum and bass and then I just, because of my environment and that, I just kind of, faded away from music and I forgot all about it until years later when I was in prison. And that's when in-house came in and you started working with them? No, so so I, I didn't work with in-house straight away. I was in other prisons just doing like music courses, but the in-house course was different because the others would just basically like meet up in a room and um, everyone would just jam to whatever's either being played. But um, there was not really much structure, but in-house was different because it gave structure so um there was many different elements to it like you could learn the management side the business side um, you could learn how to play instruments you could learn to make electronic beats or you can learn to be a better songwriter or if you can't songwrite you could learn how to songwrite so and performance wise as well because we was doing live performance we learned performance skills as well so um it was different Oh, that's really interesting. So I want to go on to ask a little bit more about how it works. But but first, can I just come to Grace and, and find out how you got involved? But obviously, I just kind of applied. But I started in um, HMP Elmley, which it was only actually, I think, a few months or it, it, probably about six months after in-house had been running. So we started in down in the staff mess. And then when I joined, we were in the industrial cleaning room. Um, which wasn't very nice yeah it was pretty grim but basically we built it from there so I got working really well with all of the guys that were currently on there there was some serious talent and we wanted to give them a better room so we were really lucky and Daisy who I mentioned earlier and Bex managed to get us this massive lovely room in Elmley now we've got a studio um, we've got a variety of instruments that have all been donated by Fender and Roland We've got everything, MacBook Pros, everything that the guys want to do. But basically, I've been working with in-house for about, I'd, I'd say, nearly four or five years now. So I've started working with a lot of the guys when they get released. So that's where we are currently. We're in our studio in Bermondsey. Um, and when the guys get out, they get offered free studio time. And that's kind of basically my job role now is to um, oversee the guys, make sure they're doing OK. Basically, we're, I'm partnered with Carl. And yeah, that's essentially what I do. And what was your job title? I can't remember what you called yourselves, both of you. Um, so I am head of A&R um, and you are... I am, I forgot to say, part of my job as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm an artist manager, but I also do A&R in the prison. Like I will go through, so each lead in, in the prisons has to like write up reports on their learners and stuff. And basically I, every week I read through the reports and you know, like if there's a learner that doesn't seem to be progressing or is digressing, then basically I help the lead make a plan on how, how we can get them through that, that learning curve that they're, they're, they're going through. So um, I, I'm a prison A&R and um, outside I'm artist manager. 
So this brings me neatly on to asking you how, how this all works. What's the kind of model? And also, I wanted to find out where you work exactly. So are there many prisons you, you work in now? So currently we work in HMP Scrubs, Isis, Lewis, Elmley and Leeds. Carl does a video chat up to the Leeds team because obviously they're quite far away from us. But the, the model essentially in the prisons we have a, at the moment we're implementing because a lot of the uh, guys are asking for real structure. So we're implementing a 12-week curriculum where we offer an arts or an industry award. So the guys can either get an arts award, um, which is essentially the equivalent to a GCSE, um, or or they can jump on an industry award, which is accredited by, I believe, Sony, EY, Universal, like everyone that we're kind of um, in partnership with. And what that allows them to do is when they get out, obviously they can put that on their CV. It's essentially like work experience. And I believe as well, they have the option to apply for internships with those companies as well. On the out, we have a little bit of a different model. Obviously life gets in the way and there's a lot that the guys need to juggle as well as music. So the main thing that we do is essentially ensure that they're okay. So it's regular calls, regular meetings, their studio time if they want it. But what we make sure is that when they come to that studio time, if there's more important things that we need to talk about, i.e. getting them housing or getting them a stable job, then that is prioritised over the music. Obviously, music's at the heart of what we do, but we want to make sure that these guys are you know, on the right path to a life without crime, basically. So what are you looking for in, in the musicians who record with you? How do you identify them in a prison? So how do you promote yourselves within the prison to, to prisoners? Well, when In-House came to Stamford Hill, where, where I was, the open prison, there was like flyers put about the place would you be interested in this um and they they've got like you know like display tvs where they display certain things we had to like put our basically put our names down to go to like a hall and actually come and listen to to um, what they have to offer in a new prison obviously after jude and maybe grace or like one of the members of staff would go and and pitch what we offer to the staff it will still be pitched to the, um, the first group of the first cohort who, who want to be involved and and then we'd have a one-to-one with each learner which I when I when I was a, a learner I had the same thing like um, sat down uh, had a one-to-one and then they they took down what I wanted to get out of it and so it's completely open access because when I read about it being in-house records and award-winning record company and all these uh, record companies behind it I thought well maybe there's a selection process maybe you're looking to promote and work with the most talented musicians but it sounds as though it's fully accessible and that anybody can get involved yeah so um essentially everyone that we take on they could have never touched a musical instrument in their life or never sung a song before um, when we're not bothered what stage they're at we just want to make sure that it's you know it's what they love and they want to get involved we take an absolute a variety of genres as well so in Stanford Hill we had a guy who did opera and we merged that with hip-hop because he obviously loved music and he wanted to get involved but he really wasn't sure how and he, he felt a little bit out of place so we decided to kind of combine everything that he does with what the guys did and it actually came out with some amazing and really beautiful like pieces but the the main thing that we do is if you're looking at prison wise as well 
We don't discriminate on what anyone's done. The only people we can't work with are for those of like sexual offences. Um, and that's simply because what we do just doesn't work for them. But apart from that, we take anyone. So is that difficult sometimes if you have somebody, for example, who wants to do opera and the musician who happens to be placed in the prison is, I don't know, a beat maker or a hip hop artist? I mean, obviously there you've you kind of combined it a bit. So, yeah, I suppose tell me a little bit about the staff that work for you and, and how many people work in a particular prison and and how do you find them? How do you find the right people to work with you? So me and Carl actually do the interviews so we can answer this perfectly. Um, in a prison, there's a rule of one staff member. They normally say to about eight men. That's one thing. We only currently work in male prisons, oh, but it's one staff member to eight men. So in Elmley, we're allowed 30 people and there it's uh, one staff member to 10 men. So currently we've only got 20 learners. Um, so we've only got two staff members in there. But the, the main thing that we look for in our staff are people not only that have a musical background, so obviously they can not even experience, but as long as they can play an instrument or they can teach songwriting. But what we also look is for those people that really want to go a little bit further. Obviously, when we put the job ads out, we get a lot of people applying that simply think it's music and no paperwork and all they want to do is play guitar with the guys and that's not really the case we need people that and we have people we have an amazing set of team but people that really care about the guys and you know they'll, they'll go above and beyond the music to make sure that they're okay for example in prison there's a lot of issues with mental health so it's really important that our staff are aware that you know if someone is for whatever reason acting up that day they don't just get them to write a song. They get them to kind of sit down and talk about what's going on and maybe they need a referral and stuff like that. But essentially, it's people that are aware and really care about what we're doing is who we look for. So you're looking for obviously musical skills, but also those value based skills, I guess, and, and the sort of attitudes towards what music's all about and what people are all about, I guess, you know, and what, what people need to support them in their lives. Would that, would that be about right? Definitely, one hundred percent. That's literally it on on point. It's it's about making sure that the people that, that no matter how musically talented they are, that if someone's having a bad day, that they actually want to take the time out of their day to make sure that they're okay. Obviously, being in prison's hard enough, but getting um, some bad news or having I don't know whatever some issues on the wing can make their days go from okay to absolute plummet bottom so it's just about making sure that the people that we employ are caring and making sure that these guys are okay basically and do you give them any specific training around that the main thing with what we do is that it's really hard to train someone we do have a training platform and it's essentially a bunch of videos that we send out we ask the new employee to and watch them and obviously they have to get vetted key trained all that kind of stuff so it's a long process before they even get into the prison but the main thing that we do is when a new staff member joins nine times out of ten it's me but it's essentially we make sure that a experience really experienced member of staff is present on their first I guess kind of few weeks and the reason behind that is you can't teach somebody essentially how the workshop's ever going to run because it's different every day you can't teach someone how they're going to feel it feel in the prison up front because a lot of people which is quite important going back a stage is that we do a taste a day in the prison um, when new people join because 
a lot of people feel fine about working in a prison. You know, they're all up for it. They get to the gate, they get in the workshop and they kind of sink and they go all quiet and they don't really know what to say. And nine times out of 10, it literally just takes me or someone else to be there to go, look, remember, these guys are just they're just people who have either been in a bad situation or they've made that one mistake. In Elmley, we've run for four years and we've never had any issues down in the workshop. All our guys are super on board, super attentive. Yeah, there's some guys that want to come down and have a laugh, but we we don't have a problem with that because as long as they're having a laugh and enjoying their time and trying to make the most of what's down there, then that's totally fun. Can you tell me, I read something on your website about the in-house way choice relationship and music so can you tell me a little bit more about that I guess that's what people in music education or education would call pedagogy so yeah is it is it influenced or based on any particular approach to music making and learning that is very Jude (laughs) so I'm not the expert on that that's very very him but we all follow this is kind of I guess my kind of version of that which is that we all follow the same kind of values when we're in the prisons. So choice, essentially, we we see that there's choices. And the way that we do this is, and I'm going to put it my way, which is that um, essentially with everyone that we work with, we work on three um, core competencies, which I guess relate to choice, relationship and music. The last one is also we work on creativity, but the three core competencies <laughs> that we work with is accountability, adaptability and communication. And what we basically do is we've realised that if anybody can communicate well, they're accountable for what they're doing, whether they're saying that they've not done something or that they can't do something and they're admitting it and that they're adaptable to new situations they'll be able to live a life away from crime in a steady job steady housing and that's essentially I guess a a simpler version of the choice relationship music but that's essentially how we kind of measure things measure how people are doing and I'll I'll get Carl to take over because he does a lot on the reporting tool I'm really interested in this. That's one of the questions that I thought to ask you is about evaluation, because I also saw on your website that you've got a learning platform that's been co-created with Ernst and Young and the Royal College of Art. And that's all around core competencies. So, yeah, over to you, Carl. Okay. yeah. So I literally just completed um, my course so I can actually mark the Arts Awards myself. Basically, like... In, in the past, we've created music, when uh, we've created music inside prisons, it just sits there basically. Then when the guys come out, they can release while they're in there, but they have to use a pseudo name. There's a lot of red tape. But when they come out, we've got like a platform where we can put it on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, all that stuff. Yeah. But we wanted something that they can actually, you know, like actually get a qualification for so they can actually have more structure in their lives. Because sometimes me as a learner, I just I was just all about the music. But having a structure and something, you know, something that's actually going to make me learn something new, I could have done with, to be honest. So um, the platform that we've got now with the Arts Award is like we give them like a little research mission. So if they're in open prison, they'll be able to do the research themselves. If they're in a even in a closed in closed conditions, they can do the research themselves within a library. 
and they can order the books that they need if they haven't got them there. So we give them like a research mission first. For example, like who's your favourite artist? Where were they born? How old are they? Uh, what were they doing before music? Uh, what's your favourite song? And what is it that makes it your favourite song? What draws you to that song? They learn researching skills from that. And then we ask them to, depending on what they do, so if they're songwriters, songwriters is a bit easier because we can just say, look, um, we want you to write a song based on your the outcome of your research. Then they'll hand it in to me. I'll give uh, creative feedback, send it back. Then they'll make edits on the feedback that I've gave them. Then they'll send it back in and I'll give it to another industry professional like Grace. Give it to Grace. She'll mark it, uh, give feedback, sorry. Then they'll and then I'll hand it back to them and then they do their final edit. And then we send it off to, to get them their uh, awards. And going back to the core competencies as well, is what Carl's saying is that basically when we do an arts award, it allows us to set tasks that kind of challenge those competencies, which is essentially what I believe EY built with us. Basically, we'll be able to test their communication by how they communicate with staff in the completion of this project. A big element of the arts or industry award is sharing. So how do they share with the team? You know, is their communication good verbally or are they quite stern in getting a bunch of people around to listen to their music? The accountability is obviously ensuring that the project is completed by the 12 week deadline but also just making sure that they're taking ownership of their work they're working towards what they're doing they're not reliant on other people although we do encourage teamwork and leadership and lastly adaptability a lot of the guys have never done this kind of structured learning before a lot of the guys have struggled with school and there's normally really good reasons why so getting them used to this kind of structured learning and structure which is obviously in every job even if you're you know, learning on the job, you're going to have that structured learning there, gets them used to that so that when they're out, they can go into, I guess, full-time work. So through that arts award, as with all arts, I guess, and as with music, you're learning so much more than the art or the music, aren't you? And what is that sort of intentional? Do you monitor and evaluate for impact or do you mainly focus on your impact being about the achievement of the awards for these people or the achievement of the, I think there's a, an industry qualification as well, isn't there? So Arts Award is for under 25s and industry is for over 25s. Mm-hmm. And answering your question, I think essentially in, in each prison, they always want the guys to achieve something so any course that uh, any prisoner will do nine times out of ten has a qualification which is mainly why we implemented it but we also realized that that structure working in line with our competency reporting which we also do we report on the guys every week um, we report on their communication accountability and we monitor it every month to see if it's gone up or down Um, which Carl will then review and speak to the leads to say, look, this guy isn't doing so well and that guy's doing really well. And what we aim to do is either obviously pull up uh, the people that aren't doing so well um, and to encourage the people that are doing really well. And the main reason for the awards is essentially to make sure that these competencies are being reviewed. I, I hope that makes sense. They kind of work in line with each other. So yes, it's important for the guys to get the awards, but it's more important on our end. For, for the prisons, they want them to get the awards and they want them to be doing well. But for us, we really just focus on that the guys are improving those core competencies and they're working on 
improving them, especially if someone is coming up to their release date. That makes sense. And, and I think on your website, I just pulled it up now, it says that this is all around nurturing core competencies that enhance recovery capital, foster better relationships and encourage healthier networks and spiralling mobility. So I guess it's all about put, getting them into a, a position where they're ready for life on the outside again. And can you tell me a little bit about any particular successes you've had with people success can be interpreted in any way you like? I, we brag about this all the time, but our reoffending rate is less than 1%. So to us, that everybody that has been released, apart from obviously a few, have been successful in what they do and what we're doing. If you want to talk about music successes, as of yet, no, we don't have any huge successes. But what we do have is a group of guys that are working on their confidence, um, their performance skills. And especially right now, and Carl will agree, we've got an amazing group of grads that are really kind of dedicated to what we're doing, pushing the label even further and getting up on stage, which Carl can tell you all about. We've got loads of events coming up. Yeah, before I go on to like events and stuff. So you see, like in-house, we're like a Trojan horse. <laughs> so you see, like the outside is a record label. Everything functions exactly like a record label. We do what record labels do. Apart from what makes us unique to other record labels is that we take anyone. So um, anyone that wants to rehabilitate through music, we take them. The reason why we're a Trojan horse is because inside, we're all about rehabilitation. That is the main thing that we care about. So yeah, we'd love everyone to be successful musicians and not go back to prison. But even if we got someone a job in a coffee shop and they never went back to prison, to us, that's a win. You mentioned the 1% reoffending rate. So how does that compare to reoffending rates generally? What What is the national average reoffending rate after prison? I think between zero to six months, the average reoffending rate currently is 38.9%. And between one to three years, quite shocking, um, 78% of people reoffend. Wow. Um, so obviously our graduate scheme has been running for, I want to say, nearly two years now. and We've got a less than 1% reoffending rate that's just incredible I would have thought any prison uh, manager listening to this would be thinking why aren't we doing music in every single prison yeah we're coming to the end of our interview so I just wanted to finish by inviting you to answer one or two questions either well either sharing three pieces of advice for people working maybe in similar situations or with similar cohorts of people or to share three calls to action for others working in, in music and social justice so things you'd like to see happen in this area in the next few years yeah so I, I think question the first one definitely is what we'll go for which is kind of advice the main thing that I would say is I'll put my hands up here when I when I went for the job within house I was really scared and I didn't really I wasn't 100% sure on whether or not I actually wanted to work with which were my words back then those kind of people sorry Carl <laughs> you're a musician yeah so I, I've done you know I was never huge I used to play guitar in a band we ended up playing like pride festival and stuff like that but um I, I kind of have come into my element in-house because I've realized that um, I love making beats and recording the guys and getting them to work. I guess the first piece of advice, and now I'll pass over to Carl, is, you know, I was sceptical about working with prisoners and I was scared. And even the first two weeks in my job, I was really scared to go to work. Um, 
And it was simply because I had this really warped perspective that you get from the media and from social media and all that kind of stuff. They, they kind of warp what prison's like and what prisoners are like. And the main bit of advice, as I say, is they're just people. And everybody that I've met in prison, wherever it's been, even if they're out of prison, they're amazing people. They're super talented. They're lovely. They'll do anything for you. And there's nothing to be afraid of. Oh, basically that's, that's brilliant thanks grace literally that's all right i'll pass over to carl mine would be advice as well so i would say everyone has the ability to change so prison is the majority it's, don't get me wrong some people have done crime deliberately that a lot is by a mistake they've made a mistake made the wrong choice but everyone has the ability to change if they want to so if people want to change and you have the ability to help them change with your skill um, with your knowledge why not help society become a better place help someone by teaching them what you know I think I life that. is all about helping thanks Carl I love that I'll just wrap up by saying thank you so much I've really enjoyed chatting to you and I wish you the best of luck for your events coming up I don't know if you want to just briefly say what those are because then maybe people can come and see what you're all about really just to note this podcast may go out later than some of these events but I'm gonna ask Grace and Carl to share the dates anyway we've got a fair few um the closest which is April the 7th we've got a poetic justice event which is a little bit quieter than music and we'll be doing basically showcasing a lot of spoken words I think some of the guys are going to be doing a couple of maybe acoustic or quieter tracks. And we're basically using that event to get people talking. So we're inviting the audience to talk, to discuss what's being shared and stuff like that. We're currently in the work of doing a mic on fire event, but I'm not 100% sure on that date. More notable, throughout May, we have a slot every Thursday evening from 5pm till 7pm at Brighton Festival. And then on Sunday the 15th, we're doing a takeover day. So from 11am until 7pm, it'll be an in-house takeover. So the whole day will be dedicated to uh, in-house down I think we're on the beachfront stage so you can catch us there and lastly but super excitingly we are playing Latitude Festival I'm not 100% sure on the date just yet but we've got a small slot we did it a couple of years ago and it was amazing Um, so we've been invited back to do it again that's fantastic how exciting well thank you both thank you ever so much for making the time thank you thank you it's been lovely Thank you. It's been brilliant. And if you want to read more about in-house, I will share the link to their website, their Instagram and their podcast, which is definitely worth a listen um, in the show notes on my website. Thanks very much for listening. That's the end of our show this time. Thank you for listening to the Music for Education and Wellbeing podcast and make sure to subscribe so that you get to hear about future episodes. If you'd like to be on the podcast or you'd like to know more about me and how I help music and creative organisations through communications, then visit writing-services.co.uk and get in touch. Thanks for listening and have a great week.